Hello, welcome back. This is Holly Newton, one of your hosts for the She Lives Fearless podcast, and I'm here today with Dina Gonzar. Dina, say hello. Hi, it's so nice to be back again on She Lives Fearless podcast. We're super excited for this season, and today we are welcoming Brittany Ann, best-selling author, speaker, and founder of the popular website EquippingGodlyWomen.com. Brittany challenges, encourages, and equips Christian women to be all in in faith and family. Her work has been featured on CBN, The Christian Post, Crosswalk, and more. She's married to an incredible godly husband, and together they have, they're raising children. Brittany, welcome to the podcast. We're really excited to dig in today. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yes, I am super excited to dive into the questions we have about your new and upcoming book. But before we do that, I was just wondering if you could give us uh, just a quick little synopsis of um, who Brittany Ann is and what she has coming up. Sure. Thank you for asking. So as Holly mentioned a minute ago, I am the founder of equippingatgodlywomen.com, where I challenge, encourage, and equip Christian women to go all in in their faith and family. So if you are someone who says, okay, I'm a Christian, but I feel like I am not growing in my faith as much as I would like to be, or just something I do on a Sunday morning, and I really want to explore what does it look like to be an amazing Christian woman on a random Tuesday or a Thursday, that is how I help. Um, Mm. I have several books. I have books number seven and eight coming out this follow God's will biblical guidelines for everyday life along with the companion workbook are coming out in early October Um, and I'm really excited about that just to help Christian women who might be struggling with what does God want from me like what does God want me to do with my life both in the big things and the small things to really help them to answer that question that sounds so great. And I'm super excited for your book to come out. Um, I would love to dig in a little bit about it today. You good with that? Yeah, of course. Okay. Well, in your book, you share three common myths about God's will. Can you share some of those? Sure. So, so often I feel like as Christians, we can get a little bit tripped up on what God's will for our life is. And this is important because if we think God's will has to look one certain way, or we're looking Mm -hmm. for something specific, and that's not really what God has in mind for us, it can be so easy to miss out or not hear or to not realize or to not recognize when God is calling us in a specific way. So I talk about three very common myths that people have about God's will. There's of course, many other ones that you could have as well. But these are three that are very closely related that I find that people struggle with again and again, often without even realizing it. So the first one is that God only has one big will for your entire life. So often we think, okay, what is it that God wants me to do? I have to go find the one big thing. Does he want me to be a missionary? Does he want me to be an auto mechanic? Does he want me to be a stay-at-home mom? Does he want me to be, you know, any number of often related to a job, the one big thing that he wants us to do. And yet so often throughout scripture and through my own personal experience, we see so many examples where God doesn't just call us to the one big thing. He might call us Mm. in that way, but he often calls us just in the day to day. And he asks us to love our neighbor, to love our husbands, to love our children, to love our coworkers. And those calls are just as important. So yes, you might have a one big thing that God's asking you to do, um, but 
God doesn't waste the rest of your life. It's not like the first 20 years of your life don't matter. And then you figure out what you're going to do when you grow up. And then the last 20 years of your life don't matter. God can use all of your life. So rather than just looking for that one big thing, it really is more an issue of, okay, God, what do you want from me today? How can I love you? How can I serve you? How can I follow you today? Right where I am. So that's the first thing that I feel like so often we can miss out on God's will because we're looking for something big when you might be asking us to do something small. Um, another one that's closely related is that God's will always involves a big decision. So there are times when God's will might involve a big decision, like, should I marry this person or should I have another child or should I go take this job that would require me to move across the country? And yes, we can absolutely see God's will in that. But so often it's not a big decision. It's just how am I going to show up today? I don't have to make a big decision of how I'm going to talk to my children in the morning. I don't wake up and make a pros and cons list of will I be kind (laughs) and loving? Like it's just a little thing. It's the day-to-day things, but those things matter so much too. And then third that I mention a lot is that God's will is always super spiritual, difficult, or weird. So, so often we might think that, oh, God is going to call me to be a missionary in Africa, or he's going to go make me um, share the gospel in the streets, or I'm going to have to like go do these weird things. And yes, there is a time and place for that. We see so many stories throughout the Bible where God does ask people to do weird things. Um, for example, Joshua marching around Jericho. That's weird, but God can use the weird things, but he can also use the normal things. Things Mm -hmm. like taking your neighbor a meal after they've had surgery or helping them rake their leaves or volunteering at your kid's school or at your church. It doesn't have to be this big decision. It doesn't have to be this big, weird thing that takes you completely out of your comfort zone. It could just be God using you the unique way that he made you right where he has you to make a difference right where you are. Oh my goodness. This resonates with me so much. I feel like recently God definitely asked me to walk a couple steps back and look at the small ways, the everyday ways that I could wake up in the morning and say, what can I do for you today instead of what can you do for me? And there definitely is something to be said in shifting our mindset to like the one big thing to the everyday little things that he's calling us to do, which can lead to maybe the bigger will that he has for our life. But I would say I sometimes I come up against, I don't know if this has happened with you too, Holly, where you're you're trying to seek that will and even that one small thing and you think to yourself, is this me or is this God? Is this me imposing my will on him or God? So what what practical tips would you give um people to discern whether or not they're hearing God correctly or they're hearing his voice? That's a great question because hearing God's voice is a skill. It's something that we don't naturally Mm -hmm. do from the time that we're born. It's something that we have to learn how to do. I know that I've had conversations with my children where one of them has come to me and said, you know, how do I hear God's voice? Like, how do I know? How do I, like, how do I even, where do I start? How do I do that? Um, So it is a skill. It is something that you have to practice. And it can be really difficult when you're first starting out to say, you know, where do I even begin? Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to realize that all of us, I believe, in our heads have this running dialogue that is going on day to day. So as you are going about your day, you might think things like, oh, I should probably do those dishes. Or, hmm, I wonder if my husband is mad at me because he said something and, you know, maybe I'm taking it out of context. I don't know. Like we have this running dialogue that happens in our head every day. So the thing we may not realize, however, is that 
as this dialogue is happening, these thoughts can come from one of three places. It could just be you yourself thinking in your head. And if it is something that is having to do with normal day-to-day, like the dishes, or should I wear the yellow shirt or the pink shirt? That's probably just you in your head having a dialogue. But also, we can hear from the enemy, Satan, speaking into our lives. Mm, He cannot read our minds, but he absolutely can speak into our lives. Um, So that is something you have to watch for. That's why it's so important to be in Scripture on a regular basis. Because if you are hearing things that are not true, that are negative, that are condemning, that are shaming, um, you can just block those out. That is for sure not God. God is never, ever, ever going to say something that is contrary to his word. Hmm. God doesn't change. He doesn't contradict himself. So if it is something that is opposed to God's word or to God's character, who you know he is, you can just completely ignore, get rid of, disregard those thoughts. That is not God. Um, And if it's something about like, oh, I should do the dishes, you know, probably not God, you know. He cares about everything, but he's probably not on you to do that. <laughs> I mean, he might be, but most of the time, not so much. So for me, the way that I hear God and the way that I think a lot of people hear God is simply to quiet down and notice those thoughts and notice where they are coming from. So when I first started hearing God's voice, when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. it just sounded like my own voice in my head. It sounded like, okay, just a random thought it felt like. And I remember God speaking things to me and giving me promises that to me felt like, oh, that's just a random thought. That would never happen. You know, I don't know where what this thought is coming from. It's just something random. But then as my life has gone on and I've practiced listening to God's voice, I've gotten in his word. I know more about God's character. I know more about what he says because I've spent that time in God's word, because I spent that time in prayer. The more that I familiarize myself with who he is, what he's like, the kinds of things he says, the kinds of things he does, the easier it is for me to recognize as these thoughts are coming in my head, like, is this something that I'm just thinking? Or, you know, I know that that did not come from me. Like that must be God speaking from through me because I am not that smart on my own or like, I am not that generous Mm. on my own. Like that's gotta be him. So I think it's just a matter of slowing down and paying attention to what are these thoughts that are happening around you on a regular basis or in your mind on a regular basis, what thoughts are happening and then kind of starting to pay attention to them and then sift them and say, okay, where could this thought be coming from? You can also Mm -hmm. pray as well and say, God, would you speak to me loudly and clearly? And that's a prayer that he loves to answer. You know, God doesn't just speak so that we don't hear him. He wants us to hear him. He wants to have that conversation with us. So you can ask him, God, would you please speak loudly and clearly? Help me to slow down. Help me to notice. Help me to set aside time for quiet. Help me to be receptive. Help me to listen and obey even when it's really hard. And I find that the more that we practice, the more that we slow down, the more that we listen, the easier it is. But if we insist on going full speed ahead, we constantly are on social media, we constantly are watching TV, or we are refusing mm, yeah. to if we are refusing to obey the things God has already told us to do, um, if we are living in persistent, unrepentant sin, where we know God has told us mm, to not do wow. something and we are refusing to obey, then that's when it gets really difficult to hear. Because why would God keep talking to you and telling you more things if he's still waiting for you to do what you've, what he's already told you to do that you're Such refusing a great to point. obey? Those are great, great points and good questions. Um, We get asked that a lot and we've asked that amongst Mm -hmm. ourselves here on the team, you know. Um, Have you ever heard the quote, go slow to go fast? Yeah. (laughs) I think that's 
the kingdom way, I find that when I slow down and like you're saying, you know, spend time with God, spend time in the word, spend time seeking, like he gives wisdom. Mm -hmm. We need wisdom to (laughs) navigate this life, right? And as women too, there's a lot of things that we can do, (laughs) Uh, but maybe just because we can doesn't mean we always should. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just finding that peace and what to move forward in. And yeah. we're in a big season here at Sheila's Fearless um, planning conferences. And Brittany, I know you know how that goes. You have one coming up or one that has just finished. And um, you wear a lot of hats, but it's that still small voice that brings peace, right? (laughs) Yes, because it's so easy to just run off and think, oh, I could do this thing or that thing, or I want to do this and not even slow down and say, you know, God, what do you want from me? What is your plan for my life? Because so often if we just depend and rely on our own logic, we could say, oh, well, this is logical. This makes sense. I should do this. Mm. I can do this. I should do all of these things, but that's not the way God usually operates or, you know, sometimes he does. But sometimes he operates in a different way. Like I mentioned a minute ago, um, he told Joshua to march around Jericho. That was not Joshua's idea. I can pretty much guarantee you. Nobody wakes up and says, oh, I'm going to conquer this place. I'm going to go march around it. But God said, no, you're going to do it this other way because I don't want you to think that this was your idea or your power or your strength. Sometimes he tells us to do things in a way that doesn't make sense because he wants to make sure that he's the one who gets the credit. It's not Mm. us that had that amazing idea. We are not the ones who are amazing and wonderful. I mean, we all are because we're created in God's image, but we are not God. We are limited. We are human. We have a limit to what we can do, but God can work through us. And sometimes he says, okay, I'm going to do it in a weird way. I'm going to go part the Red Sea, or I'm going to have a baby be born of a virgin just because I can, so that you will know this is not Mm -hmm. you. You didn't earn something cool. Like I am showing you, like I am coming through for you. Mm, Yes, so good. Well, one of the quotes from your book says, Jesus doesn't ask us to follow a long list of strict rules and clear guidelines. He asks us to follow him. So, I love that, by the way. And it's true. If we just follow him, we're going to be okay. (laughs) Um, But what um, tips would you have for someone who has no idea what God calling them to do looks like? That's a great question. So the first thing that I would do, if you are someone who says, okay, I have, I want to follow God's will. I have no idea where to even start. The first thing I would say is to spend some time in prayer and ask God, just like we talked about a minute ago, God, would you please show yourself to me? Would you please reveal your will to me? Would you please orchestrate the circumstances, bring people into my life, bring confirmation, make it easier for me to hear you. God, would you make it so obvious what you want me to do? God, if there's something that you don't want me to do, would you please close that door and block that and make sure that that doesn't happen? Would you please prevent me from going in the wrong way? Would you please lead me into the right way? Would you please bring the right opportunity? So you can pray prayers like these. And again, these are prayers that God loves to answer. So you can ask for some help and God will help you. He wants to help you. He wants you to find the right way. It's not like God says, okay, here's this thing I want you to do, but I'm not going to tell you what it is and I'm not going to help you. Good luck. No, he wants us to do these things. And so he wants to help us on the way. So we can, we can pray and we can ask him. Secondly, if you say, I have no idea what to do is to get in God's word because God has already written you this Mm -hmm. huge book 
full of wisdom and advice and encouragement. There's so many examples of people who did the right thing and it went well for them and people who did the very wrong thing and it went very badly for them and God still loved them and he still redeemed their story. And so while yes, Christianity is not just a list of rules, there's so much in there for our benefit. The Bible does have a lot of rules for us, not because God is up in the sky angry and telling us, you better behave or else. It's because he knows what works best. He tells us, do this so that it will go well with you because I love you, because I know what's best for you. This is a conversation I have with my kids all the time when they're like, oh, well, why can't we do this thing? Well, why won't you just let us? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm your mom and I have some life experience you don't have. And so sometimes you don't understand my rules and you don't know why I give them to you, but it's because I love you. And I know if you do this, it will go well for you. And if you do this other thing, it will go poorly for you. I'm just telling you like to help you. And I think it's the Mm -hmm. same way with God. He's not angry. He's not trying to boss us around. He's trying to lovingly help us and guide us. Mm -hmm. So getting into God's word, starting with the commands you already know, um, love your neighbor, be kind, be generous. There's so much wisdom and advice in there um, that we can follow. Even if we don't know exactly what that looks like in our life, we can start with what we do know because we do know a lot. It's written out for us. Um, And if you're someone who isn't very comfortable with reading the Bible yourself, I mean, I'm a huge fan of getting in God's word, but there's Bible studies. There's podcasts like this one. There's so many resources out there. If you take the time to look, Um, paying attention at church, online Bible studies, there's so many things. Um, So starting there. But then when you get to the question of, okay, well, what does God want me to do personally? Um, That's a whole new question, but a really good one. And I would say to start with the ways that God has gifted you and made you unique, Mm -hmm. the unique skills and talents and abilities that he has given you. Because the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter two, verse 10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So God already knows what he wants us to do. He knew before we were born. And when he created us, he didn't just create people and then sit around and say, oh, now what am I going to do with them? Like I have these people, Mm -hmm. like who should I have do the thing? No, he already knew what was going to happen long before we were created. And he created us on purpose, uniquely with the gifts and skills Mm -hmm. and abilities that he gave us so that we could go use them. So if you're somebody who is really great at encouraging other people, well, probably God gave you that gift because he wants you to use it. Or if you have a really analytical mind or you're really great with children or whatever it is that you're really good at, maybe you're really good at teaching or you're really good at accounting or you're really good with coding, whatever you have that God has given you, because we know all good things from come from God, whatever he has given you, He's probably given you for a reason so that you could go do good with it. There's some skills. There's lots of skills that I don't have. God hasn't called me in those ways. If he would have, he would have given me those skills. I don't have those skills. Um, There's always room for improvement, but I think it Mm -hmm. starts with what am I good at? What skills do I have? What opportunities are right in front of me? Um, And not making it too complicated. Just saying, hey, I'm here. This is what I can do. How can I help? Yeah, this is also encouraging. I feel like motivated and pumped up. I'm like... (laughs) I'm like starting to write down like all the questions I'm going to ask myself later and how we're going to answer. This is all very motivating. And I think I I love how also in your book, you're not just talking about God's will personally, personally, but also relation, Mm -hmm. relationship wise as well, relationally, because 
once we have this motivation and we're in the word, we're seeking, our outside world may not be so encouraging. We might not all have Christian friends or Christian family who understand um, what it is we're doing and we're going for. They're maybe not living according to God's word. Um, And do you have any tips for people or advice for someone who wants to boldly go forward in God's will and is, you know, waking up every day seeking God, but doesn't have necessarily the support of the family and friends around them? Yeah, I think this is a great question because it's something that trips so many believers Mm -hmm. up. So often we think that if we are in God's will, that it's always going to be easy or the doors will just open or it will be difficult. But the Bible never promises us that life is going to be easy. In fact, Jesus promises us that life will be hard, but it's okay. He's with us. He'll help us get through it. But life isn't supposed to be easy. And so if you are Mm -hmm. saying, oh, well, I can't because it's not convenient. I don't have the resources. Well, you have a God who has all of the resources. You have a God who has all of the wisdom, who has all of the answers. Whatever you need to do what he has called you to do, God has it. And he will give Mm -hmm. it to you if you ask him. Um, It may not be the way that you expect to get what you are wanting, um, but he has it. He has every resource at his disposal and he will give you whatever you need. If that's time, if that's money, if that's friends, if that's support, um, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, you can go to him and say, hey, God, if you want me to do this thing, like I'm going to need you to help me out here. Like, will you please? please um, give me the people around me. So if you have people who are around you, it depends somewhat on the relationship. If you are in a marriage relationship, I mean, there are some constraints there where if your husband is adamantly opposed to you doing something ministry related, God is not going to call you to do something that's going to destroy your marriage. God is not ever going to call you to do something that is going to contradict what he's already called you to do. So for example, if he has called you to take care of a child with special needs, he is not going to call you to do something that you are not able to do having that life situation. Or if you're taking care of an elderly parent or you yourself have physical disabilities or whatever it is, God already knew what he was going to call you to And he is going to do it in a way that makes sense with how he has called you and placed you. So in my own personal story, I um, got pregnant before I was married and I was someone who for a few years was just home with a newborn. My husband worked out of town all of the time because somebody had to work. So he was working, doing what he could. I didn't see him very often. Um, And I was just home with the newborn. I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't do anything. I didn't have a lot of resources at my disposal. And I remember at the time thinking... I don't know what God's will for my life was, but obviously I messed it up. I did the wrong thing. I got pregnant. I know I made the wrong choice. And now here I am stuck in this little apartment. I don't have any connections. I don't have a church that I love. I don't have any friends right now because I had to lose a lot of friendships in the process. Um, I don't have any money. I have time, but like we didn't even have internet back then. Um, Mm. Like I don't have much of anything, but the beautiful thing is, everything that I do right now. So I host conferences and I write books and I have a website that reaches people in pretty much almost every country all over the world. Um, And I have done all of that from home with my children. So God didn't call me like there's other things I might've thought that I would want to do, but God didn't call me to do those. He called me Mm -hmm. to build this writing and speaking ministry that I can do from home. So there's so many things that could have been a barrier to me. Like I don't have any money. I don't have any friends. I don't have these things, but with what I did have, 
even though it didn't feel like enough and nothing, like it never feels like enough. Like God's call sometimes is Very big, true. small. Um, it never feels like enough. I never feel like enough. I never feel like I do enough or anything, but God can take the little bit that we have. Mm-hmm. And it's like the same Jesus who was able to take the fish and the loaves and feed the 5,000. He yeah. does that with us with the little bit that we have. So going back to your question, because I feel like I've gotten off track here. Um, you said, what if your friends and family aren't supportive? Okay, so ask for friends and family who, or maybe friends, maybe family, who are more supportive. If you don't have that support around you, you can, like don't cut them out of your life necessarily, but you can mm. make more friends. Like there's no limit to the amount of friends you can have. You can purposefully surround yourself with people who yeah. are inspiring to you. You can, this is something that I've done as well is who are the people who really inspire me? Making sure that my social media is filled of people who don't make me feel bad about myself, who who don't like distract me with, oh, I should have pretty throw pillows. I don't care about throw pillows. Um, that's cool <laughs> if you do. But I'm like, I don't want my Instagram feed filled with throw pillows. Um, I want to be making sure that the books that I'm reading, the media that I'm consuming, the podcast that I'm listening to, the Instagram people that I'm following, yeah. whatever it is, that these are people who are inspiring me, who are pushing me, who are saying like, look what I'm doing with what I have and just showing Mm. to me like, Hey, I could do that too. Like, this is a very normal person. This, you know, it's just like a mom, just like me and she can do these things. Well, I could do these things too. So I think rather than focusing on the lack, asking God to fill more in, God, please give me more friendships, give me more community, get me connected at church, bring people into my life. Um, I think there are times when maybe there's some things that God will say, you know, it's not your season because your husband Mm -hmm. is not in agreement with you. You can pray like, God, would you please, um, a prayer you can pray is, you know, God, if this is your will for my life, would you please put it on their heart too? Mm -hmm. Would you please make this possible? Because like, that's hard when your friends and family don't support you. But if it's someone who you're not as close to, like your mother-in-law, you know, like, well, well, it's not her life. She gets to make her own choices and you get to make your own. It's okay if they don't agree. It's okay if they don't approve. It's not their life. They can do what they want, but you can do what you want. So it's really, it's a juggling act. Yes. (laughs) Indeed. And I think it's important to note, listening to your story, Brittany, that, um, such a testimony of how God mm-hmm. takes our um, barren seasons, how he takes those seasons where we're hidden or in the wilderness, or, you know, we may have, we may have what we need, but maybe not all we want. Um, and how mm-hmm. he takes those seasons and prepares us for the future yes. to walk in um, authority, if you will, in his authority, because you have overcome those seasons and now you're able to help people around the globe. Um, you know, it it was a setup for, (laughs) for your future. And, um, I think we all have those, but sometimes I think we miss that, that tracing like what God is doing and unfolding back to maybe a season that was really not what we would have chosen, but yet Mm -hmm. he redeems it and he's sovereign and somehow makes it work for our good, just like scripture says. So that's what I see here. And it's beautiful. Well, before we go, I have one more question for you. Um, In your books, you commonly talk about the checklist mentality. So I think we kind of started talking about that a minute ago. (laughs) So I wanted to dig into that before we go. What um, Explain to us what this means to you and why it's harmful. Yes. So what I refer to as the checklist mentality is this busy mom mindset where not just moms, but I know for me as mom, I wake up 
every day of my life, even on Sundays, vacation days, it does not matter. Every day of my life, I wake up with my to-do list. Um, I don't think I'm alone with this. I am in... Now I've got mine right here. <laughs> so guilty right now. <laughs> I had to put mine away so I could concentrate. But like, yes, I, I have multiple to-do lists um, because I don't want to forget things. I have so many things to do in a day. Yes. And we can fall in this trap as busy women of thinking, mm-hmm. okay, I have so many things to do in the day. So I make my list. Okay. I need to do the dishes. I need to help my kids with their homework. I need to go to the grocery store. I need to pay this bill. I need to do this. I need to read my Bible for 15 minutes a day or 30 or whatever it is that you have chosen for yourself. And when we just relegate our Bible reading time to something that we do on a list, mm-hmm. it just sucks so much of the life and the joy out of it. When we just read the Bible to say, okay, I checked that off my list. I did that. Mm. Or when we reduce our Christian experience as a whole to, okay, I went to church on Sunday. I went to Bible study on Tuesday. I read my Bible. I listened to a little Christian radio in the car. I am good to go. And yes, those things are good. And if that is all you are capable of right now, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but I mean, sometimes we have seasons where we're tired and we're like, you know, all I can do is just drag myself to read for 15 minutes, five Mm. minutes. You know, I'm like, that is all that I have the emotional strength to do right now. Like that is okay. If you are in a season, we all go through seasons. That is fine. But what I want to encourage women is that Christianity is so much more than just a checklist of, I did this, I didn't do this, or a list of rules and regulations to follow. Um, Mm. I voted for the right political party. My skirt was long enough when I went to church. I volunteered for enough bake sales. I did Mm. this. I memorized this many Bible verses. I spent this much time teaching my kids. I got them into this school. That we move beyond just seeing it as a checklist or a list of do's and don'ts. And we truly fall in love with God and following him. So each day we wake up and we say, God, what do you want from me today? And we actually meet with God and we get to know God and we spend time with God, um, that we spend time in his word, that we don't read it out of habit or obligation, but we look forward to God's word. Um, my previous book was called Fall in Love with God's Word because that's what I want mm-hmm. to encourage women that it's not just something you check off a list. It's not just something you get done so that you can say that you got it done and you move on to the next thing. Um, but when we open God's Word, we get to meet with the God of the universe. We get to meet with the person who created us, who knows us inside and out, who has so much wisdom and encouragement and knowledge and direction for us. And we get to talk to him. Like, that's amazing if you stop and think about it. Like, the God of the entire sure. universe wants to be friends with me and I can talk to him about anything and I can ask him for help with anything and I can ask him for wisdom and direction and he will tell me like go this way because it is good for you even if it doesn't make sense even if it's hard like this is the right way walk in it and don't go this way I know it looks appealing I know in your short term like you think that's a good idea is not a good idea go far far away um and that's just so valuable to me so that's why I try to really encourage women to move beyond just okay I did my bible study okay listen to this mini christian podcast okay I did this but to really dive into that relationship to know God to mm-hmm. spend time with God to follow God not just okay I followed his rules yeah. I love that perspective yeah I'm just like God's not a checklist he's a relationship you know so that's super encouraging. And so before we 
end this time. I mean, this has been so encouraging. I am so excited to grab a copy of your newest book coming out. And so for those of us who are ready to throw out our checklists and throw pillows out the window (laughs) here and get excited about God's will, where can we find you and your new book? Well, to be clear, I don't hate throw pillows. So so you do not need to throw out your throw pillows if you love them. We don't have them, but that's mostly just because our puppy, we have a golden doodle. He, she will destroy them. Um, We are not a throw pillow family, but if you have them, that's fine. Um, You're not anti-throw pillows. But to answer your question, you can find more about my book. It is called Follow God's Will, Mm -hmm. Biblical Guidelines for Everyday Life. It comes out October 4th. There's a, both a book and a companion workbook because I don't know about you, but I read so many books and I think, oh, that's so good. Like that's so encouraging. Like I should yes. do that. And then I close it yes. and I launch the next book and I never do mm-hmm. anything with it. So guilty. Um, so there's a companion workbook as well that walks you through. There's questions like, what does this look like in my life? How am I gifted? Where is God calling me? Um But you can find out more about both of those and you can download the first chapter of Follow God's Will for free by visiting equippinggodlywomen.com. Very wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today. I know you're busy. but thank um, you for having me. Really enjoyed this conversation and I know Mm -hmm. it's going to be so encouraging to our listeners. So thank you, Brittany. And listeners, thank you for tuning in again. We will be back with you next week for another episode of the She Lives Fearless podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the show. We are here for you. You can find me super easy at Holly A. Newton on Instagram and Holly Newton Official on Facebook. I'd love to connect with you and hear how the show is encouraging you. And let's help others find the show so that they can also be encouraged in their purpose and passions. There's a couple of ways you can do that. One by subscribing and another is by rating and reviewing the show wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And two, you can even screenshot, share in your stories, text it to your friends and family. And be sure to tag me at Holly A. Newton on the socials so we can connect.